Let's open our Bible, Second, First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians 5. We're not to Second Thessalonians yet. Last week we talked about being on fire for God, and it's kind of a thought that's continuing kind of into this next section too, but really it's a kind of a, it's an important thing. Are we really on fire for God? Or are we just kind of simmering? Or are we just like cold and the fire is kind of like out? And we looked at the fire of God, and the fire of God is, is, is absolutely incredible. And it, he, he does so much by His fire. Just heat, number one. But then there's this purifying fire. We used to sing a song about the purifying fire of God. We should sing that again. Coming out of His holiness. And, and, and then there's just the way He moves. And, and one thing I did not mention last week, though, is that, uh, you know, there's there's a difference between the fire of God being within us and the, and the fire and the judgment of God. And I think we can all decide, we can all say which one you would rather have. I'd rather have God's fire in me than me end up in the fires of judgment. And, and we can't just say, well, that's, you, know, you can't say those words. You can't talk about that because you just read to the end of the book and it's there. So we have to be, um, be fair about it. There, there is a fire that we don't want to have any part of. And the only way that we can not have a part of that is to be in the family of God and trusting in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Amen. So we want to feed this fire within us, stir up the gift, don't get in the way, don't try to put it out because of fear, because of loss of control. We're all control freaks. Uh, we... we we need to be open to what God wants to do because I believe, I truly believe that God wants to still reach us. He wants to speak to us. He wants to guide us. He wants to purify us. He wants to light this fire in us. I believe He wants to do those things. Not, he's not a God, a God that's distant. He's a God that's very close and very real. But as it said there as well, we need to test everything. It doesn't mean we, we, you know, we accept everything that comes down the pike. It doesn't mean that we accept everything just because someone says that you know, it's from God. We have to test it. And how do we test it? We test it by the Word of God. And then he says, hold on to the good. Hold on to it. Today, I want to look at the, the next verses here, really this, this idea that, that uh, God Himself is working in you and in me. And it really kind of ties in with this fire within us that, that when God's really working within us, there is a fire that's going on. It's, a, it's doing some powerful stuff within us. But I want to, I was thinking about this morning and, you know, I, I, I re read these verses and I, and I try to figure out what, the, what it's all about and, and I'm pretty slow sometimes to, to kind of get it, this idea of God working in me and in, in you. And, but I, I woke up this morning and I, and I just I, I thought, you know what? What a job that is for God to work in me. Did you ever take on a job that never ends? I mean, if you have a house, you know it's like it never ends. It's like as soon as you fix this, then something else is going to start to go. Like a car, an old car. I have this old car, and I love that car, but, you know, I, I fixed the, the rust, and then, then they say, well, you probably need a new, as someone once said, Cadillac converter. <laughs> I said, I can't afford a Cadillac. Come on, what's wrong with you? 
So I changed the spark plugs and the wires, and uh, it runs great now. Um, that's just a little side note. <clears throat> Take on these jobs that, that, you know, maybe it's a job at work that is just so overwhelming, and it's just like you, it's just almost like you begin to dread it because it's never, you're never going to get anywhere. You're never going to finish it. Well, you know what? That's like, that's what God is taking on when He takes on you and me. He takes on this job of working in you and me. And, you know, I, I, my first thought this morning, I just woke up and go like, why would you want to take on that job? Like, this is a never-ending job. Like, this is like, to work inside of us, as we'll see in these verses, for God to take on this job of working inside of us. But really, the truth is that He's the only one that can take on that job. He's the only one that can actually get it done. You know, there's a lot of things that we can do, you know, but the whole self-help industry where you kind of like you do it all and you remake yourself and you fix yourself, you know, we can't fix ourselves and then we try to fix other people. Well, I can't fix you and you can't fix me. But there is a creator. There is a God. It says God himself. Let's look at the verses. Verse 23. Actually, we, we didn't read verse 22, so let's start there. Verse 22. Avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. I love that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for your work in us. And we pray that we could hear, that we could have ears to hear, but, but also we, we surrender one more time, one, one new day, because your mercies are new every morning and you are going to complete the work. And so we ask and, and we, we come to you today and say, Father, have your way. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name. We could just stop there and go home. Actually, we got donuts, so let's just stop and go to the donuts and then go home. Is that okay? No. Avoid every kind of evil. Today, today we want to talk about God working in us. There's some things that we need to let go of. We need to avoid. We need to abstain, he says in verse 22. We need to run away from. There's certain things in life that we need to get away from. We need to not compromise with. We need to like go in the opposite direction. Think of Joseph in the book of Genesis. He says he, he ran out of there when he was confronted with this situation of the, the wife, not his wife. There are certain times we need to run. We need to go as fast as we can. We need to avoid, abstain, get out of there. There's our part that we need to play. But God here, it says, God's power God's work in us is what we're talking about, the faithful God who's at work and in, in you and in me. Ultimately, there's only so much that, that I can do. I, now, that's not a cop-out. That's not for me to say, well, I can't do it, so I'm not going to even try. No, I have to do everything I can do. But ultimately, it's God who's working in me to make me the person that he wants me to be. God is at work. 
This is verses 23 and 24. It's like a prayer, but it's also like a blessing kind of combined in one. But, but the way that it's worded here in this version, may God Himself, I, that is just so powerful, God Himself working in me. The God, the creator of the universe, working in me. He's working in you. Think about that for a minute. May God Himself do this work in us. Go back to Philippians chapter 1, one of my uh, favorite verses, because I just find it encouraging, but it's powerful in the truth that it tells us in verse 6 of chapter 1 of the book of Philippians. You'll know it when you see it. Being confident of this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, where in you, he will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul, he says he's confident of this, that God who began a good work, it's a good work that God is doing in us. It's a, it's a work that he's going to carry on to completion. It's a work that he will never quit and give up on. I don't know about you, but you know that's, that's kind of what, what, what we do. We get to a certain point and we say, you know what, I really don't want to go any further than this. This is all I am willing to say. And, we, and those famous words that maybe you have heard or you had said, I'm done. Like, I'm done. No, you say that when you're finished with a meal. I'm done. That's what we need to say. I'm done. But, you know, for us to say, I'm done with you. Usually we say that to another person, right? You say, I'm done. I hope you didn't say it to your spouse on the way here today, please. If you did, just put your head down. I'll know it's you and I'll pray for you. I'm done. God never says that to us. I'm done with you. That is so good. That is so cool. I love that. He doesn't quit. He doesn't give up on us. He'll finish what he started in us. I remember when I was just young, you know, a couple years ago, and uh, I was working for this guy cleaning carpets, right? And, you know, I just, I just didn't like it. Instead of being honest and saying, I just don't like this job, I just said, I, I, I got to go home. I, I'm not feeling good or whatever. I made up some story. And I just quit. I just stopped. I'm done. God just doesn't do that with us. He doesn't do that with us. Turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter uh, 14. I, I, I thought of this this morning. Luke, chapter 14. Because you and I, we need to make choices. We need to think about these things. Luke, chapter 14, verse 28. Jesus talks about, you know, being uh, his follower carrying our cross and, and following him to be his disciple. But he talks about counting the cost. Look at verse 20. He says, Some 28, verse 28, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost or count the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation, he's not able to finish it. Everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. That's pretty interesting. Count the cost. In other words, think ahead of time, like, am I going to have enough resources? Am I going to have enough time? Am I going to have enough, you know, perseverance and patience to finish this job? 
If not, it's really better not to take it on. It's better not to commit to something that you are not going to be able to follow through on. That's what he's saying here. And of course, again, the context is being a disciple. You either decide to follow me and you're going to follow me or not. But, but I was thinking about this in terms of what God is doing this work in us. And, and, you know, he looked at the job. He, he, he got all the, you know, the estimates to see how much the job was going to cost, the job of working in me and in you. He, he checked it all out. What's the materials going to be? How long of a commitment is it going to be? And he said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. He says, I'm going to do it. But, but when we think about what the cost is, when we think about the cost of God doing a work in me, the cost began, of course it began way before that, but, but for us ultimately it began at, at, at the cross. And it didn't stop there, it continued on, it continues on today. But, but he gave it his whole life, his whole self that, that he could actually work in me. He counted the cost ahead of time. Before he ever came down from heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, perfect fellowship in heaven before the earth was created, he came down to earth. He knew what the cost was going to be to do this work in you, to do this work in me, to take it to the very end. And he says, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to finish it. We just read that in Philippians. I'm going to finish it. You may think about yourself like, like we all do from time to time, like what a job, you know. I, I, I'm, I'm asking God, like, why would you want to do that? Why? Like, are you, are you sure you knew what you were taking on when you took on this job? Are you sure you knew what was in me? What was in each one of us? We're all sinners. We're all just black and, and filthy inside. And, and he took it on anyways. He said, yes, I did know because I love you and I want to do a work in you and, 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 and we're going to get through. We're going to get to the end. We're going to make it all the way to the finish line because he doesn't quit. He never says, I'm done. The God of peace, what it said there in back in Thessalonians, the God of peace, may God himself, the God of peace, do these things, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be found blameless. The God of peace. When I, when I thought about that, I just thought, you know what? He's the God of peace. He's the Lord of peace. Later in the next book, in 2 Thessalonians, he says, Now may the Lord of peace give you peace at all times and in every way the Lord be with you. He's the Lord of peace. He's the God of peace. And he's doing this work. And, and the God of peace is not a God that freaks out. I mean, you, know, you and I, we're looking at a job. We're looking at something we need to do. And we just, we get to a certain point, And I don't know about you, but I begin to freak out. Like, there's no way. I'm, I can't figure this out. I can't do this. I can't. I'll just quit now. He never freaks out. Any of you ever freak out? Just want to make sure it wasn't just me. He never freaks out. He's the Lord of peace. He's the God of peace. And He's working in us. He wants to do His work in us. 
Back in Thessalonians, he points it out here, what he says right here, that he, he points out what he's going to do. He says he's going to sanctify you through and through. Sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to sanctify us through and through. This word sanctify means to set us apart, to make us holy, to make us holy His, W-H-O-L-L-Y, to set us apart through and through, every part of us, not just the outside, but the very deepest part, every part of us, every room within us, every, every little nook and cranny within us. In the Old Testament, uh, they would go and and uh, they would look and, and try to find every bit of yeast. They would go and search every room, make sure there was no yeast anywhere during the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Passover time. He wants to do that work. He wants to work within every part of us. You go, whoa, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. It's okay if he, you know, works on me, you know, this, this part, I can deal with that. But you know what I find is that, that he understands that as well. And he's big enough to deal with that. He's, a big, he's big enough to deal with our little um, uh, adolescent uh, fits that we throw. Well, no, I, no, you're not the boss of me. I'll let you be the boss of me over here. And then adolescence, that starts like way like three years old, right? You're not the boss of me. Really? And he doesn't freak out. And, 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 and he can deal with it. He say, well, go ahead and throw your fit. I'll still be here when you're done. The thing is that this work that he's doing in me, that, that is in you, that it doesn't happen all at once. It's, a, it's an ongoing thing that he's doing. And, and he's, he's willing to go day by day, week by week, by month by month, year by year until the day of Christ Jesus, in other words, till the very end. He's willing to, to work with me. We say that to one another, work with me, will you? Work with me. He's willing to work with me. You say, well, I thought I was transformed. I, you know, didn't, didn't it happen all at once? I, I'm transformed. I'm a brand new creation, aren't I? Yes, yes, true, that is true. It, it's a once and for all thing that happens within us. And, and the theologians, the scholars, they call that positional sanctification, to give you the big words. Position, that means that's our position in Christ, that we're set apart, we are there, we are, we have, He's done this work within us. Hebrews chapter 10 says that we've been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. He's done it, it's done. It's a finished work in God's sight, in God's plans and purposes. But, you knew that was coming, right? But, what about practical? They call that practical sanctification. What about that part of it? You and I know better. I'm not there yet. It's an ongoing, daily, God working out His purposes and plans within me, this kind of working out of the salvation that he's, he's done in us, for us. May God himself sanctify us through and through. Again, he's taken on quite a job there. 
to set us apart, to make us holy, to sanctify us in every part of our lives and being. Through and through, whole spirit, soul, and body. That's like everything. But don't be discouraged. You say, well, gosh, I haven't really gotten very far. And, and, and you know what? He knows that. But that's why Philippians 1, 6 is such a powerful verse. You know, he, he will com- bring it to completion, this good work that he's began in us. He'll bring it to completion. Let's go back to Philippians one more time. Philippians chapter 3. Because Paul has some good stuff to say. I guess it was inspired or something like that. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Paul knew about the fact that he was completely washed and forgiven and, and set apart by the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. But look at verse 12. He says, not that I have attained, obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. He says, Maturity, maturity tells us that like we haven't got there yet. We haven't arrived yet. This thing that God is doing in us. He says it's best to let's forget what's behind. We make a lot of mistakes. We blow it. We, we're not, we're, we haven't gotten there yet. He says put that in the past and reach forward. Look ahead to what God has for us in the future. Keep our eyes on the cross, on Jesus. And one day we're going to be there with him, and that's when perfect sanctification will be. That's when the complete sanctification will be, when we are with him. In the meanwhile, God's working. He's working in me. He's working in you. He's working to make us holy, to set us apart for himself, to work through and through our whole spirit, soul, and body. That's quite a job, huh? I mean, think about yourself. For a second. You know, it's not often you go to church and the, well, actually, depends on where you go, that the, that the per- person who's speaking tells you, just think about yourself now. Um, but sometimes we do need to just think about ourselves, like, whoa. Usually the context is when someone says that, it's like, think, just think good thoughts about yourself. Just think of how wonderful you are, of how smart and how perfect you are, and, and, and just love yourself because it is so, there's so much to love about yourself. I have never been able to relate to that. I've never been able to figure that out. Like, when I, when I start to contemplate and think about just myself, I start to go, can I think about something else now? 
But that's the point. You see, God, is, God understands all that, and He has taken that job on. To, to, he understands it all. And, and, and so for us to say, God, you, you're here, and you're, you're doing it, so I can trust you, and I, I'm, I'm just going let to you, let you have your way and do your thing. Because I belong to you, and you know. You know all about me. He knows that we are but dust. He's created us. He knows what we're made of. He knows what's in us. Better for us, so much better for us to be thinking about Him than to be thinking about ourselves. To think about the God who is able, the God who is faithful. What does it say there? The one who calls you is faithful and He will do it. That's, it's better for us to think about Him. How does He work in us? Gosh, you know what? We, we, I can't even... I can't even give you a list. I mean, I can give you a few things that I know is how he does it just because of a personal experience. But, but, you know, he's the creator of the universe. He can use anything and everything. He can do it any way he wants to work in us. Does he use trials sometimes? Yeah, he does. He uses trials. He uses trouble when our car breaks down or, or stuff happens. When the tragedies of life around us happen in this very broken world he uses his word by his holy spirit convicting us he works he he challenges us he sometimes gently challenges us sometimes very loudly challenges us sometimes through other people sometimes he it's unlimited what he is able and what he, he you know there are no tools that he is you know barred from using to work in me. Sometimes, sometimes I think he just says, okay, just that's what you want to do, just go for it. He just like, and then he lets us find out like, ooh, now I know why you said I shouldn't probably, okay. Let's get back, let's get back to where we were. Let's start, let's forget that and look forward again. One commentator, um, his name is McDonald, and I, um, I'm supposed to tell you who these people are so that you have an idea. Well, I don't know who he is. His name is McDonald, but he's a good commentator. But I don't know much else about him. I will try to find out. But he said this, that man kind of has turned this around, and, he's, and he, he, says, he says here, May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, man always says body, soul, and spirit. But God, he says spirit, soul, and body. He gets the order right. You see, we've got it all twisted around. We're all, all about the body first. But he says, no, I want to work from the inside out. I want, I want to work on that spirit. I want, to, I want to work in the very deepest part of you, the spirit and then the soul, the emotions, the mind, the will, all that part in the body, it, you know. We, we, we get it all mixed up. The way we work out is usually the body. That's where, how we work out. Not that that's bad. That's good. But he's, he's got something a lot deeper that he wants to do, and he starts at the very spirit and soul and, and then to the body of who we are. Someone else said this, many are satisfied with a partial Christianity and I don't think we should settle. 
God is working. He'll continue to work. He says, till the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He'll complete what he started. In 1 Corinthians, it says that he will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who, who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful. It's kind of a parallel passage to what we're reading here in 1 Thessalonians. The one who calls you is faithful, and He will do it, it says here in Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. He's faithful. He's steady. He keeps His promises. He's never going to quit. He's always going to show up. He's faithful. You know, if there's one thing that, that impresses me over, you know, 30 some odd years of being a Christian is God's faithfulness. I know Norman talked about this back in uh, January, the faithfulness of God. If there's something that is so huge in my mind and is that God is faithful and he's been faithful every single step of the way for no matter what we were facing, when you look back and you see the hand of God and you see what God has done, He's been faithful, 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 faithful. Even when we are faithless, He remains faithful, it says, because He cannot deny Himself. Even when we have no faith whatsoever, He's faithful, He's going to continue on. He's faithful in every area of our lives. He who promises faithful, it says in Hebrews 10. 1 Corinthians 10, he's faithful not to let us be tempted beyond what we can bear and give us a way out. He's faithful to, to strengthen and protect us from the evil one, 2 Thessalonians 3. 1 John 1, 9, a verse that we most of us learn early on in our Christian life. You all know what 1 John 1, 9 is? Some of you? You will when I say it. He's faithful to forgive us and cleanse us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to cleanse us, to forgive us and cleanse us of all our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful. That's part of His working in us, huh? He's going to say, you know what? You went over the line that time. No, He's faithful to forgive. Great is His faithfulness, even if we can't play the song correctly. He's faithful. He's faithful. And He will do it. It's not He is faithful and you must do it. Yeah, we need to cooperate with Him. Of course we do. But, but it's His work. It's His battle. You read those passages where it says, you know, the battle belongs to the Lord. But those people still had to show up to the battlefield so they could see what God was going to do. He's faithful and He will do it. It's His battle. It's His work. He can and He will. He will do it. He will. I can promise you that because this is what the Word of God promises. He will do it. God is faithful in that work that He began in you. He is faithful and He will do it. He will bring it to completion. It's a long-term project. It goes all the way up to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, it says right here. But He knew that from the beginning. He knew when He took it on. And he's not going to quit. He's not going to walk away and say, I'm done. The one who calls you is faithful and He will do it. Let's look at the last few verses in this uh, letter to... Uh, 
finish up, he says, brothers, pray for us. Paul was never afraid to ask for prayer. It was his consistent request that he needed prayer. The Apostle Paul, who was an incredible person, incredible man of God, but we are, we've already read where he realized he, didn't, he hadn't arrived, but he says, pray, pray for us, pray for me. Verse 26, greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. Whoa. What? Is this cultural? <laughs> greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. We have to ask what is appropriate, what's culturally acceptable, and, and uh, I think his point is, is to have a connection, right? For us, if you go to Italy... They're going to kiss you on the cheek, on this cheek, the other cheek, right? Here, it doesn't happen that often. I'm going to shake your hand. I might even, like, you know, do the shoulder thing. I don't hug a lot of the girls. I definitely don't kiss a lot of the girls. I kiss my wife. I kiss my grandkids on the top of the head or maybe on the cheek. Some women I'll kiss. I tell my wife, though, I'll kiss them on the cheek. My mother. It's a point of being connected is what he's saying. Greet one another. Pay attention to one another. These people, that this, this motley crew that we have here, this is, that. this is us. This is it. Don't, you know... It's not some other group somewhere else. It's this is who we are. This is us. We are not any more or any less than who we are. But we're people that God is doing a work in. And so, hey, that's why we shake hands, uh, you know, in the middle of the service. And hopefully at the end, you say goodbye to somebody. You don't just like race out and don't make eye contact. <laughs> I love that. Don't make eye contact. He's going to pick on you to do something. <laughs> Verse 27, I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. Something about reading the book, huh? Have the letter read publicly. We believe in that. The public reading and teaching of Scripture. Verse 28, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. He opens the letter with grace and he closes the letter with grace. And what a better place to be than in the grace of our Lord, that unmerited favor that's, that we depend on, that we are absolutely in need of, his grace. Let's turn to Jude chapter uh, well, there's only one chapter, so uh, right before the book of Revelation, Jude. And uh, <clears throat> we'll read the doxology, the benediction. Verse 24 through 26. To him who is able, he is able, to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, 
our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Is that incredible? To Him who is able, the God that is working in you, the God that is working in me, He is able. But I like that what it says there, to, to keep us from falling, present us before His glorious presence without fault. But look what it says, and with great joy. He says, wow, we're there. We made it now. And he is, he's, he's, he's full of joy over that. And you know what? You and I are going to be full of joy too, I think. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, and thank you for the work you're doing in us. And oh, It's a big job. Still can't believe that you took it on, but you're a big God and you're able and, you, and you're doing it because you love us and you want to uh, just prove that love and you want to prepare us for heaven where we'll be with you in eternity and, and uh, no more of this world, no more of the suffering, no more of the, of the tears and the pain and the sorrow of this world. And you are looking forward, I know, to that great joy that we're all going to feel, you included, to be with you face to face. Father, we, um, we submit, we surrender, and we, we ask you, we, we just say, Lord, have your way. We're the pot, you're the potter and we're the clay. Uh, mold us, make us, shape us. Have your way in us, Lord. We, we know that we're stubborn and that we don't want to give you every room but you knew that too but we we'll give you a little bit more each day a little bit more and Lord you're going to take every bit of it and you're going to work and you're going to bring us to that place Father I I um, I thank you for that you're faithful, that you, you'll never say, you're done with me. You're never going to say it until we get there, and then you say, you'll say it. Now you are done because it's complete, it's finished, it's, it's heaven, it's glory, it's joy, it's peace. Father, have your way in us, have your way in, in this group of, of people, this group of uh, treasures that you treasure each and every one of us. Have your way here, Lord, in us individually, but also corporately. Just have your way, Lord. We, we just offer ourselves to you, Lord, what you want to do. You've given us everything. So we give back to you our all. I pray here this morning as well, Father, for any that that don't know you as Savior, that, that have, haven't even begun the journey, Lord. I pray for them, they would know that you love them and that you died upon the cross. You paid a great, great, a great, great cost that you might be able to work in, in each one of us, that you might be able to offer us eternal life. And all that we need to do is simply believe and receive the truth of, of what Jesus did. 
So we, we pray now, any that might be in need. Lord, I come. I, I'm lost. I'm imperfect. I'm a sinner, and I need you in my life. Please come in. I trust the cross, and I ask you to come into my life. I receive you today. In Jesus' name.